This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Simpson. All right, it's that all-important time. Once again, you know it, time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend Chris Sinzak. And man, it's good to be back again this week. Yeah, we got a good one this week. Yeah, we've got we've been on a hell of a roll, man. We've had great Radio Sucks radio shows. Mm-hmm. We've done Year in Review. We're kicking a lot of ass. We're, yeah. we're collecting for the Rock and Pod Expo. We're... We're getting our friends to help us out. We are busy dudes. We are. It's uh, it's almost become like a full-time job, but it, when you're doing except, what you like, it doesn't feel like a job. Right, yeah, except then we got to stop doing this and then go to our actual full-time jobs. But For now. So this is still fun for us, and that's what it's all about. We've got a great episode for you this week. KISS fans are going to love it. Yeah, some great great uh, Gene Simmons and KISS stories this yeah, week. Yeah, uh, for sure. Really fun guests this week. Yeah, in case you don't know, we're talking about Scott Van Zen, but yeah. we're going to tell you all about him in a minute. Yeah. Right now, we got to take care of some business. You guys have been so good about this, and I thank you so much. I'm talking about a five-star iTunes review, and it's titled, Say You Grew Up in the 80s, and it goes a little something like this. And your taste in music tends towards hard rock, heavy metal, end of the musical spectrum. This podcast has got you covered if you long for the days of spandex, makeup, and loud, glorious noise of the Sunset Strip. Not limited to only hair metal, Chris and Aaron are terrific hosts and are extremely knowledgeable in all things rock and metal from all eras, bringing humor and passion for the music to the proceedings. And if you're a KISS fan like me... These guys certainly have talked about that band more than a few times. I strongly recommend this podcast. That's perfect. Five stars right there. Comes to us from Wacky Jack 4. It's our iTunes review for the week, and that's a damn good one right there. That guy's pretty smart. Really smart. I mean, perfect. Thank you so much, guys. That's really perfect. We, that, that's the kind of thing somebody's going to read that and go, yep, this yep. is the podcast for me. And we got uh, we got, we got got a few iTunes reviews this week, and we'll, we'll keep reading those so uh, the people at Kleenex aren't happy, but uh, everyone else is. Good. Forget them. I will shed no more tears ever again. That's right. So the other people that we like are the Geeks of the Week. If you're new to the show, uh, just share on Facebook, retweet on Twitter this link that we post to this episode, and I'll mention your name next week. That's how it works. Yeah. Geeks of this week. These Last people week's show was super popular. Did really well. The the uh, Radio Sucks episode with the uh, VIP Sonny Pony went, went went off real well. Loved Man. his song picks. Yeah, he and, was uh, so much fun to talk to. Also, yeah, had great personality. You know, and he's thinking about doing a podcast down the road. I think he's he's got his start. I think so too. I'm looking forward to it. Geeks of the week this week are Brian Black, Scott Thomas, Derek Novak, Richard Dale Harvey, Mike Stewart, Joe Lascon, Gavin Harper, Rob Woodward, Shane Paisley, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Dave Koska, Eric Moore, Mark Alden Taylor, Justin A. Six, Ian Wiley from Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Aaron Baker, Greg McGlone, Joe, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Derek Labor, Rob Webb, Scott Smith, Otto Erlen Gregerson, Wayne Cross, Hoops, Rent Tibbetts, Anthony Britt, Peter Vassallo, Sonny Pooney, mm-hmm. Mikhail Burrell, Mark Warren Money, Kevin Williams, Adam Cox, Brad Schick, Mark Hatley, Trevor McDougal, Brian Knapp, Brent Walter, Sean Cullen. Tony Musalam from Restrain shared it. That's cool. Great band that we yeah. played last week. Andrew Jacobs, Chad Pollock, Earpeeler shared it. Thanks, Earpeeler. Great site. Go to earpeeler.com. Do it. If you want the blabbermouth for rock podcast, that's your place. Uh, Tom Smoke, Shane Aber, Joe Becht, Ernesto Aguiar, Christ- Christopher Stokes, David Hudson, Digital Killed the Radio Star, Graham Spark, White Polar Bear Mount, Roy Randolph, Paul Watson, Alex Calling People, Stephen Atchison, The Rock and Donkey, and of course... 
the Mooger Fooger. Awesome. Those are our people out there every single week sharing and retweeting the news of the Decibel Geek, letting people all over the internet know all about it. We got something good going on here. We want you to be a part of it. Today, we're in for something really special. I know the KISS fans know all about our guest, mm-hmm. but Chris, maybe you give us a little heads up on a little more information about Scott Van Zen. Yeah, Scott Van Zen, um, you know, you KISS fans will know because he contributed to the Revenge and Carnival of Souls albums with uh, writing with Gene Simmons and also Gene Simmons' asshole solo album. Um, Scott's a good songwriter, but he's also an incredible guitar player. Really incredible. Came up through the California scene, one of the best guitarists in California for a long time, and um, you know really knows the stuff. And now he's got a project called um, Scott Van Zen Guitar School, and it's a great way of uh, it's the digital age. You no longer have to schlep to a music store to take lessons anymore. Right. You just basically sign up with Scott's program, and it's video, and he answers all your questions and teaches you step by step. How to be a ripping guitar player because this dude can it's, play. It's basically like if you lived in the 80s on the Sunset Strip and we're going to go down there somewhere to get guitar lessons. Yeah. From somebody that was one of the most ripping guitar players on the scene. And you can learn like all genres through this program. Right. I mean, he oh, can yeah. play, he can play everything. Good. Really good. It's And he's a super nice guy and had some just great stories, not only Kiss related stories, but just great stories about the music scene in the 80s and, mm-hmm. and coming up through that. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to him again. And he's also a part of a band, Desolation Angels, which is a Bad Company tribute band that will be playing the Rock and Pod Expo pre-party, August right. 26th, Music Valley Event Center. Um, and then they're going to be playing that. And Scott will also be a guest at the Expo, signing autographs, meeting people, yeah. telling KISS stories. I'm sure he's going to be recording with some of the other KISS podcasts that are right. on site that day. So uh, it's going to be... a Party of the year in Nashville. If you're a rock podcasting fan, come on down. And we're still far enough ahead of the game, man. If you want to plan some vacation time yeah. to come down to Music City, it's the perfect weekend to be here because you're going to get to hang out with us. we got the yep. pre-party going on, all kinds of cool things happening that weekend. Be a part of the Rock and Pod Expo. Really try to come to town and see us. We want to party with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we got a lot of good stories to get to, so let's talk to Scott Van Zinn. It's Scott Van Zen, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, uh, how's it going? When I found out you, uh, I'm trying to remember how I found out that you lived in Nashville. I think. I think for my my cousin Troy. Yeah, your drums for Tesla. Troy Lucetta is your cousin. Yeah. Oh wow, cool. Yeah. And uh, and Troy goes to my church, and mm-hmm. then I found out that through that. And yeah, I think he. I think we were talking about how everyone moved here. And <laughs> yeah. And it when did you get here? Uh, I've been here almost 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter was around, uh, she's 19 now, so she was around eight. And I didn't want to raise her. And I didn't want to raise her in LA. So I um, I didn't need, I was composing. I didn't need to be there. Um, I could use, you know, Wi Fi. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I'd been here with an artist that I produced and wrote, wrote with a few times. And I really loved Nashville and the whole vibe. And I thought, well, well let's go there. And we just packed up and left. Right. Yeah. Where are you from originally? Uh, from Central California, Modesto, okay. uh, Central Valley, Modesto, California area. Cool. Kind of a hundred, about a hundred and a half from Sacramento, I guess. Right. Yeah. 
And you, uh, you, you. From what I read on your bio, I mean, like, we'll get into the Kiss stuff in a little while because that's a big reason I know your name because sure. we're both giant Kiss nerds. But um, from what I read, you kind of became like a big hotshot guitar player in the California area. So I mean, how did that go? How, when did you start getting into guitar? Well, I got into guitar when I was around eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, this teacher. Um, introduced it at school and i just dug it you know i I was like it was a great outlet it was uh uh it was kind of a crazy household that i grew up in a lot of drinking and crazy drama and stuff like that so it became kind of a meditation to me to have something to focus on you know at a young age and i really took to it immediately uh my brother played my older brother played and my parents bought him a uh fender mustang and an amp for a lot of money uh to them then and uh, so when they bought me a guitar, it was a $20 Montgomery Ward piece of crap. It came with nylon strings or steel strings. It was like, yeah. But um, <laughs> then when they saw that I was going to keep playing, then my mom got me a really nice SG, which I still have, Gibson SG, mm. right-handed, but they're cut away on both sides. Yeah, because you know? you're a lefty. Yeah. And uh, and I started playing that. I played it every day. As soon as I got home from school, I would just play it and play it and play it and play it. I just was mm. always on it. And I mean, I went years... Uh, where I'd play 8, 10, 12 hours a day, you know. And wow. I, I still play a lot. I pl- play two or three hours every day. Mm-hmm. You know? At that age when you're young and you're learning how to play guitar, what kind of stuff are you listening to that's making you want to play more? Well, I was listening to, I think I was listening to like Ted Nugent and yeah. and stuff like that, but there was this guy, this kind of draft dodger hippie, you know, pothead across the street used to yell, Hey, little Clapton. He'd call me little Clapton uh-huh. sitting on the front yard with mm. my guitar. And then I met him and he turned me on to the Jeff Beck group. Mm, and right it on. just blew my mind. Like I had no idea. And then he was, he, he turned me on to like T-Bone Walker and uh, Rory Gallagher was another oh, guy. Rory Gallagher's awesome. My brother was, my older brother's into Johnny Winter, who was another mm-hmm. big influence. Yeah. In so I was listening, I really liked blues. I mean, it was weird to, I think about, because I was like, you know, 11, 12 years old, and I was really into blues yeah. stuff like that. Uh, and to think, but, uh, you know, I see 12-year-olds on the internet doing it now. They love that stuff. So sure. Why not? Although it's yeah. hard to write a blues song when you're 11, isn't it? <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell you, I mean. Somebody ate all uh, the cookies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember I wrote a song called Goobers Number no. Nine, and I don't can't tell you the lyrics, but I remember singing it for my mom, and she was my mom was my biggest fan. She uh, used to drag me to to. Matter of fact, I was the lead guitar player in several bands at a young age, but I was the lead guitar player in a band when I was probably thirteen or mm-hmm. fourteen. Like I was, I got pretty good pretty fast. And my mom, we had the only car out front. The rest was Harleys, you know. And she, I'd play, and then they, I'd have to sit in the corner with my mom on the brakes, and then, <laughs> and then uh, be able to to um, to go play again. But I was lead guitar player. I mean, I was playing Freebird all the way through and stuff like that. Wow, know? wow, that's pretty yeah. impressive on stage. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, I remember a Hell's Angel grabbed me and going, "Good job, kid!" and grip picking me up and <laughs> hugging me and stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. But always into just you know, we we had kind of a southern <coughs> southern rock area, I guess. So we were into bands uh, up there. Later, I had a, a band. I went to GIT. 
uh-huh. uh, when I was 17 or 18 and went back and put a band together and we became really popular. But we were, we play everything from the Eagles and then we'd end up the end of the night with Zeppelin and Van Halen and right. ACDC. You had two singers, a guy could sing high and he could really nailed it. Like we were, mm. we were a good band. So, uh, but Molly Hatchet and Skinner, yeah. you know, Scorpions. Yeah. We didn't do top 40, but we did covers. Right. A cover band, you know, but. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah. So, well, GIT, you must have rubbed elbows with some folks that went on to do some stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I just saw Alan Holsworth. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We just just lost him this week. He was was hanging around there and a great influence from my major influence on guitar was Eddie Van Halen. Mm -hmm. But for different reasons than most guys, because one of the things I love about Eddie is his swing ability and also his blues his phrasing he's yeah he just his ability to mix it up from go to technique to technique yeah. technique amazing uh but when i was at git i spent most of my time in the labs at these half speed tape machines with an octave down mm-hmm. and half speed and i spent most of my time in there when i you know instead of at theory class so right. just picking up trying to see what eddie was doing yeah was like what the hell is he doing it because it would go slow i mean now there's you know software to do it but we didn't have much then we're talking about right. yeah you know 80 1980 sure you know, yeah. was, i'm like oh this thing's great <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> yeah, back when when eddie's type of playing was considered almost from another planet with considering what else was going on musically you, i could take you to the street where i was when i heard it yeah like I, yeah in modesto california my friend goes i heard this new guy check this out and i was like and it, you kind of in <laughs> yeah. denial because guitar players have these huge egos mm-hmm. you know, like I, it's that i can do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> until you hear that you're trying to figure out something you're better at them at and there was nothing <laughs> it's just like the tone the technique it's it's still i mean i pull it out and listen to it and yeah like, well that first album yeah. yeah 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 amazing but, yeah i and, mean um, yeah almost sounds like it's like is that really a guitar what is that well the, <laughs> the tapping stuff i had i'd seen that actually hadn't happened i saw one kind of band called focus yeah focus focus focus, focus by focus you know and i song. remember uh when i was young i'd watch the um you know 12 years old watch uh don kirshner had a rock mm-hmm. concert and then yeah. friday night uh, there's this other Friday night and they would show like I remember watching Deep Purple play almost the whole Burn record live oh wow that's which awesome is w- like one of my favorite records that's great yeah you know mm-hmm. it just it's like I don't, a lot of people are like what album's that I'm like holy God, Burn that's, oh, that's, awesome. that's a legendary album yeah you know but I mean it's more it's, it wasn't as popular that's true yeah like Machine Head yeah Machine Head like was that. definitely bigger yeah. man just it, just ridiculous but watch you know so that kind of thing but the influences to be a guitar player then were so much better um i went back from school i went back to my hometown for five years and put this band together and just played and practiced and mm-hmm. partied and we were up to no good then so we were up a lot of hours i'll just leave it at that so. <laughs> <laughs> you know and um but it was you know it was definitely a good time at a ridiculously large amount of talent in this band for, yeah for a small area like we had this drummer that was a monster and the bass player went to bit with me who's my roommate one of mm-hmm. my best friends and two really good singers yeah you know one guy could sing just like paul rogers yeah and and another guy could sing just like 
you know, the a, like uh, uh, Brian uh, Johnson, from, mm. you know. So we're killing it, you know, and everybody, and I ran it. I was 18 or 19. I ran the whole thing. Had a mustache, and his club owner thought I was 21. And I had, <laughs> I had a, uh, my 21st birthday in the club, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, wait, I've been buying you drinks for two years. I go, well, you don't have to worry about it now. Yeah. <laughs> Too late to care. <laughs> old enough now. <laughs> so is, is this still the covers band, or are you guys starting Cover. to do some? Yeah, you, no, no, no. And, and it's like we couldn't we couldn't write a hit song. We didn't care. We were, it's that, it's like we were having too much success with that. Right. Not that, you know, we didn't, we didn't really want to go out. Nobody really wanted to. And people were partying a lot. There was a lot of the 80s, a lot of drug use and stuff like that. I was, uh, I'm not saying I never did that, but I will say that I didn't do it when we were playing. I always drank ice water Mm -hmm. at the gigs and I was, it was guitar, guitar. And I'd leave gigs and go home and practice. Right. Like I would get up at 6 a.m., if I didn't stay up all night right. and play guitar all day, go to the club, get my, I had a Floyd Rose uh, whammy bar that Floyd Rose put on my guitar. Mm-hmm. So wow. it didn't have fine tuners because the first ones didn't have fine tuners. So I'd tune that up to my guitar. I'd play for an hour and a half at the club before we played. Then we'd play four hours. Then we'd go somewhere and jam. You'd play four hours. Four, four well, with so 15 that, minute breaks, you play four yeah, sets. You know, that doesn't happen anymore. You know? No. And, and it's like, you know, you could rent. I remember I had a, a, a par, an apartment with a girlfriend, two bedroom, two bath apartment, mm. or one and a half bath, two sixty five a month. Wow! And we were making four hundred bucks a week cash, <laughs> yeah. each, you know, and and then some. And uh, so it's not. It doesn't seem like a lot of money, but. Guys don't even make that now. Like it's still no. fifty bucks. Like, right. You still ain't gonna find an apartment for that price either to go on with it. It was fifty bucks yeah. back then. Your yeah. house payment, you know, you could work for Right. It. Were you guys playing the strip? No, this was in Central California. Just in Central hometown. California. Then I moved back to LA in around eighty probably around eighty four, eighty five. Right, when it exploded. Yeah, but I you know, it's I was I'm like a I'm more of a guitar nerd. Like uh-huh. I had some interesting opportunities. Uh, come up like John Anderson took an interest in me because I had a thing on a sound page competition in Guitar Player Magazine mm-hmm. and his uh, road manager called me and said John wants to meet with you he wanted to write with me and produce me and then we were going to go on the road and and uh, tour it and it you know I, I kind of got scared of the opportunity and blew it really. oh really it happened yeah oh man um and uh, just got irresponsible about it. But it was like, I didn't really want to do it. But then I'm like, okay, it started to come back together. And then, yes, went back together. And they oh, wow. But, um, you know, I just didn't chase bands. I just wanted to play guitar. I taught guitar. I did sessions. Mm-hmm. wasn't interested in touring. I toured with Ken Tamplin in Europe. Yeah. Uh, you know about can, do you know Ken? well he's got a kiss connection too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's been he's well, he was, vocal coach we'll, we'll get into that uh yeah gene stuff you know but um you know i played in some bands around la people hired me to play in their bands i did a lot of that mm-hmm. you know they just needed a hot shot guitar player and they love you could do long solos and it was really cool like my wife and i have been together for uh almost 29 years Mm-hmm. And uh, she promoted bands and stuff like that. But I'd have a gig, like, I'd go get a couple hundred bucks, which is good money. I mean, you're talking about, you know, late 80s. Right, yeah. Uh, we'd go to dinner. I'd go play for an hour, one hour, and 
get a couple hundred bucks, and that was our date. And I was <laughs> I was cool. I got to play because I'm bored to shit on dates. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I did that for a while, and uh, then I got into composing uh, mm-hmm. because uh, Kurt Cobain killed guitar. Uh, my guitar yeah. students that I had in the '80s, I was teaching guitar a lot. They were practicing six, seven, eight hours a day. I mean, I had guitar players, students that were absolute ninjas. Mm-hmm. They had record deals. I was coaching them. I was. <laughs> did, did you do a lot of session work through those years? But not only like demos and stuff like that. Like I never became. There were a couple of guys that were getting all the session work. It was Steve Lukather. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he played on everything. Yes, and if he didn't, <laughs> Michael Landau played. Yeah, on everything. Mm-hmm. it was like. There were a few other guys, but guys that grew up there it was mm-hmm. clicky, and there Steve Luke. I just watched him. I mean, I've, I've, uh, Steve Picaro is a friend of mine. Our mm-hmm. kids were in school together, and he, you know, he just sent me passes and tickets, and I saw him at the Ryman. Oh yeah, when Toto was here, and they were absolutely amazing. And and Steve Lukather just gave it a clinic. Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, that dude's amazing. So good, you know, and he's a sweetheart. I've been around him a few mm-hmm. times. He's just the nicest guy in the world, and but what a player. Man. Oh yeah. You know. They can play anything. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, I forget where we were at there. I, I derailed it. So the, <laughs> yeah. so the stuff with with Ken Tamplin in the the European tour, how was that for you? Being that you didn't really haven't really toured before, and this is really your first it, it outing, was, and you're in Europe. It was no, it was uh, it was like Spinal Tap too. It was yeah. it started out like a nightmare. Yeah. As a matter of fact, okay. So this bass player we had, Rocco Sarah, this guy was hilarious from Jersey, but. We had a gig the night before. We stayed up most of the night. And then we got on Lufthansa Air, I guess. 11-hour flight. And I have a little cup of coffee. I'm like, shit, it's great. So I'm back there with the stewardesses, like, hammering this. Just give me some more of this. So now I'm all wired on coffee. Now I'm already on three hours sleep. So then we get there and we drive three or four hours Mm -hmm. after this long flight. Mm -hmm. And we end up... And it's, I think it was winter. Like, it got dark early. But, I mean, who knows what freaking time it is, I mean, after all this. Yeah. We go to this farmhouse thing. And I'm rooming, really nice place, like a bed and breakfast, but huge. And, and I'm with rooming with the, the bass player, because him and I are always joking around and stuff. And I wake up, and I'm like, there's no clock. And I go, um, I hear him snickering. His bed's, like, around the thing. I hear him snickering. I'm like, man, I can't sleep. It's got to be you know, five, five or six in the morning. I'm, I'm going to get up. So we get up and we find this coffee pot, Europe coffee, make a big pot of coffee. There's just coffee and sugar, but there's, we could have everything in our mm. room. We drink, we're drinking a bunch of coffee. We're like, man, the sun ain't coming out. Like we're, we've gone over the set. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we are, um, we're drinking coffee. We're changing our strings. We're talking about, you know, what's taking so long. I got to find a clock, man. Yeah. This is like, I don't know. This is like mid early nineties or something, mm-hmm. you know. And I finally find a clock, and it's like one thirty, like in the morning. Yeah, like we uh, we got off. up and made coffee. Oh no! Again. So by the time we got to our first show, it I mean it felt like we were on tour for three weeks already. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm like, then we started to get this uh, this groove together, and by the last show, we were killing it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and Ken Tamplin, I mean, he's a great friend of mine. He's got the, so much integrity as a mm-hmm. person. But I'll tell you what, that guy practices what he preaches. We were in horrific weather, and he got sick. He got, because of the all the running around. Yeah. But 
hour and a half, two hour shows, high notes, rock singing, night after night. He missed not one note. Wow. That dude, when he tells you that he can keep your voice in shape, mm-hmm. yeah. he can do it. Like if there's any singers out there, you want to learn how to sing, his Ken Tamplin Vocal Academy. Yeah. Go there and get it. Believe right me. Right on. And it's not because it's, you know, it's like right. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. But, man, that dude brings the heat. I have it. I mean, I've done it, yeah. some of it, too. But he's, man, he, it was amazing. Yeah, he, I've seen his videos. He's he's incredible. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, he helps me with my school. Like, I, I go, what are you doing, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you do this? And he helps me. Uh, I'm like, just is what you do, man. You got. He goes. He told me. He said the reason they're gonna like your school is because because I could teach and I taught all these people. He said, but you can play. If you can show them how to do what you do, then they'll buy mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Proofs on the pudding. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but the but uh, you know I did six seven albums with Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, we won a Dove Award on one of the records that I wrote a lot of lyrics on. As a matter of fact, and I co-wrote. Um, it was basically him and I on that record. I mean, he played yeah. bass, programmed the drums. I played guitar, he played guitar, and he did all the vocals. And we, it was him and I, man. Yeah, right on. And um, we did a gospel record where there were preachers all over the United States that sang. And that was a fun record mm-hmm. that Ken produced. He sang on it, but I played on a bunch of, and a bunch of rock records. You know, uh, what a, you know, talented guy. But then Gene, I guess I could. Get yeah, him. let's segue. Well, into I, I got the, one last yeah, question. Right. You, did you play on the Ken Tamplin and Friends album? I did. Yeah. Doesn't Mark St. John from Kiss also play on that album? He does. Yeah. Oh, right? he did does. you guys ever cross paths? I, I met him and he passed away a long time. Yeah. Ago. It's yeah. been a while now. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean. Ken had a lot of people on that and we weren't even going to do a record you know for a long time like he he went through this what was her name Lucy Lucy something that had this referral deal where you could find musicians and Ken told me he went through a couple hundred tapes and he heard my my tape called Fretborn Odyssey it was the thing that was in Guitar Player Magazine yeah and called me and he and a lot of that's on the record like if you listen to the guitar stuff like uh, armageddon that was on fretboard yeah odyssey um music box maybe that's something i did too that 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 was on you know the so we turned those into songs right on um but i mean he had uh a thing going with lanny cordola right sure and they were signed. It was a big record deal. And he said, I'm not going to be able to do anything for at least a year, you know. And then, but that got pushed. And he called. He goes, all right, let's go. And we hurried up and threw it together and ended up doing that record. And, man, I get so many messages and on online because of that. Yeah. Because people just are mm-hmm. fans. Like, guitar, like, there are guitar players that learn that stuff, like, note for note. Like, like mm-hmm. the guy doing my website right now contacted me and and he's like i'm such a fan and i'm like oh cool you know i talked to him and i hear this guy play and he's like a freaking ninja like he knows my stuff like it's i'm like oh my god i couldn't even wow. play that now if i you know right on that's <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah i'm like wow you know and then and uh and when we were and back to when we were on tour in europe like 
like Ken was big over there. Like, man, it was like people knew, like, what amp were you using? I heard you did it. And I'm like, they had all these stats on me and stuff. I'm like, how are you guys even finding this crap out? You know, posters, you know, with, with my picture on them. I'm like, where'd you get this picture of me? Holy crap. I'm looking around, you know, wow. <laughs> that kind of thing. That's pretty cool. That's got to be awesome. But we, we did the these two songs. I wish I could find it. They were so badass on an eight track that was at Ken's house. Uh, mystery no mystery train and a song called straight between the eyes from if i can remember right and and my wife who was really just had incredible ears for she'd come home i'll I'll talk about her for a second Mm -hmm. because you know you're like yeah your girlfriend i don't want to be disrespectful (laughs) let me give you a couple of examples because we've been together a long time and she promoted my band like when we met she goes there's a place called madam wong's in la she goes i can promote your your band and get some people at your show and you couldn't get in i mean it was like it was packed and there were 300 400 people outside i'm like how the hell do you do this i'm like i love this girl you know i ended up marrying her but um (laughs) what was her secret how would she do it she she would She's her work ethic, but she would make flyers and put them just like in the, the movie Rockstar. She'd yeah. Them out. She'd get on the phone. No, no, no. She had a network, favors. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just. Found the pavement. She knew how to do it, man. She nice. promoted a lot of bands, you know. Um, but she comes home, like one example. She, she goes, All right, I heard this skinny kid uh, at, at Club Lingerie tonight. You watch uh, Six Months Mega. What are they called? They're called Skid Row. In this guy's name was Sebastian. <laughs> you, I'm like, okay. Then uh, I heard this folk girl tonight had a song about saving your soul, bad teeth in the front. <laughs> no shit. This went on like cool. she was always out, and she worked for Joe Benson. Mm-hmm. Um, the the you know uh, Uncle Joe Benson on KLOS in LA. Okay. He's a he was a big radio guy. He's still on, and but she just. But she had these ears. I said, you should be running a record label. Yeah. She was right dozens of times. I mean, I can't even tell you. But the other thing she did is she was uh, worked at this costuming place called uh, Trashy Lingerie. It was a lingerie store, but they did high-end clothes for like... Her clients were like Madonna and Kim Basinger. And she did the nurses for the Dr. Feelgood yeah no kidding right on uh, remember vixen yeah sure. yeah we've Fidal interviewed jan from vixen yeah for the for the uh video that uh i just watched that i go hey i found your video edge of a broken arm yeah yeah she did all that right on uh, you know <laughs> so I, I but i wanted to say a little bit she'll be listening so be, she'll be glad that's that. cool I but i mean well, she sounds like we should be interviewing her. her on the show too <laughs> uh you know she's probably got some good stories yeah it sounds like it yeah um uh, I'll, I'll mention that to her. She's pretty shy. Yeah. I don't know if she can give you an hour. I'm, I'm a ham, so. But cool. <laughs> Maybe I'll come with her. Yeah, right. come with help her out. That sounds cool. She's, I mean, she could tell you. I won't get into her stories because she may come in, but she's, you know, it was fun. Like, she, you want to see uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac tonight, you know, at the forum? I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, because she's had to bring Stevie a freaking, you know, some rap or something. Yeah. <laughs> some and, I remember something. the Dr. Feelgood. Like, I was like, I loved that record. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, I wasn't really a Motley Crue guy because I was all about guitar. To mm-hmm. me, he, he was, I love the band, but guitar wise, there were just other guys I listened to more than him, you know. Mm-hmm. And she had to bring, uh, 
nylons or stockings and garter belts to the nurses. Yeah. She goes, you want to go see Motley Crue? I go, yeah, you know, it was like, it was like, you want to go get something to eat. Like, right. You know, like it's, she would just it's like an afterthought. Yeah. But <laughs> wow. it was always like, you know, sixth row, 10th row, fourth row, front sure. row with passes, VIP, all that. And I'm like, yeah. And dude, man, Motley Crue was amazing. Like I had so much fun at that show. I'm like, especially the drum, Tommy Lee. Oh like, yeah. The drum he, solo he alone. Around, but, yeah. You know, that was them at their peak. Triggering Zeppelin songs. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Then he'd do another one, you know. But I mean, uh, but so the reason I bring her up is this tape Ken and I did. I get a call one day. Scott Ben's in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is Scott Ben's in. This is Gene Simmons. From Kiss. Who is this? You know, <laughs> did he say from Kiss? <laughs> no, oh, okay. I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember that part. Like, yeah, sure. Who is it? You know, I was probably called off. It was Trey, my friend Trey, or whatever. Uh-huh. Click. I hung up. He calls right. back. This is Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder go, how often that happens to him. Like, he calls somebody out of the blue, and they're like, "Yeah, right." Well, I mean, Gene was hands on, which I'll I'll tell you about that. So he. He asked, "Is you know?" He says, "He says, is this you on this tape?" And I go, "What tape?" And he goes, this, "He names the songs. You and Tamplin." I go, "Yeah, we're." I go, "This is Gene Simmons." He goes, "Yeah, I said that." You know, he's, he was uh-huh. kind of getting irritated. I told you that. <laughs> I used to be able to really do him good. Yeah. I won't even try now. And uh, he even told me it was pretty good. Uh, and he said. A friend of mine who ran the equipment at A&M Records, like all when they rented gear, like Mike Pre's and mm-hmm. compressors and stuff, they'd bring it out. Bob Barbonis gave him the tape, but my wife was the one. Hey, Bob, if you ever see anybody worth anybody down there, and made sure Bob had, Bob had a bunch of my tapes. So awesome. it was her again. Yeah. So that's how I met Jean was because of my wife. That's well, cool. it's no so, wonder you married her. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, she's a good girl. And so... Um, he says, who's on this? I said, me and Ken. Mm-hmm. He just used drums. I played bass on it. Meet me at the Beverly Glen Deli, Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. Friday, 12 o'clock. I said, well, I got to call Ken. I said, I'll see you there. And he hung up on me. <laughs> he just hung up. And I called Ken. I go, dude. I'm glad he's flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. no. Uh, more good. Way more good than, than any bad with Gene. No, I know. It's so just he, the way he is. We went and uh, met him at 12. Mm-hmm. And he said... How was Gene Simmons dressed at 12 o'clock on a Friday in a deli? Just curious. Sweats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Black sweats. Yeah. Black. Yeah. Black tennis <laughs> shoes. And I think he had black tennis shoes. This is 90, 91 era? 90... Yeah, 91. Sorry, the diehards are going to want to know before, every little detail. Bef- you know, give it... Put a year before Revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nine, around 90, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He looks at me. I had really long, you know, black, dark hair, dark brown hair. Always working out. Everybody did then. Uh, so did Ken. Ken had dark, he had uh, blonde hair. And uh, he goes, uh, Tamplin, Tam, this is what James says, Tamplin, Tamplin. Dye your hair, change your name, he tells Ken. Just met him. <laughs> and he goes, Ben's in. Yeah. 
Like, came, <laughs> so the seal of approval. Wow. Yeah. So Testing amazing. your marketability yeah. before he even meets you. And he goes, how many, he goes, how many Kiss albums did you have when you were growing up? And I said, uh, none. Uh-huh. None. He goes, well, what'd you listen to? I said, Jeff Beck, T-Bone Walker, Johnny Winter. He goes, oh, I like Jeff Beck. Yeah. That's, that was his response. He didn't care. So, oh, why didn't you listen to Kiss? I said, because I think your guitar player is a hack. Ace? Oh. I mean, oh. look. I, Aaron's about me, to throw you out of the studio. <laughs> let me, let me, let me. So this, you see? This is, you're talking about, a, 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 you know, in his 20s, sure. guitar player right. answer. My point of view about, because since becoming a producer mm. and all this stuff, is what works, works. Sure. But my point of view of him now and what he did I could have never done that. Right. But at that point, everyone's Every, a hack compared to you, yeah, Gene. Yeah, I'm the best. Compared to me, you man. That's the guitar I thing. I get it. I mean, yeah. you know, the guitar the player thing. You're always... Yeah. You couldn't... Wa- guitar players back then couldn't watch a guitar player without thinking... Competition. I could do that. Here's what I would have done. Right. Of like, course. now I just... Like, if somebody's good, I mean, I'm like, dude, you're bringing the heat. Like, I... I don't tell anybody n- anything negative. If I don't like it, I just won't say anything uh-huh. anymore. But back then, that's how people acted. I remember when Kiss came out, and I remember listening to it at my friend's house, bought everything. Uh-huh. So it's not like I didn't listen to it, but it wasn't my thing. Right. You know? But he didn't, he wasn't like... He wasn't taking it back. No, yeah. and, and it's like, you know, he managed us for over a year, and I'm the only one who hung out with him a lot after that. Yeah. I think because... You know, I mean, Gene was a real fan of my guitar playing. He loves blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell you what, Gene loves. I don't know if people, you guys probably know this. What does he like the most? You tell me. What's his favorite? musically? Yeah. Oh, the Beatles and Motown and stuff like. He that. Likes, yeah, yeah, he likes a lot of soul music. Yeah. Yeah, Motown, and and I went to a bunch of his birthday parties at Jerry's Deli Bowl, mm-hmm. and he would rent you know the whole place and cater it for everybody. It was awesome, and you would see like, you know. <laughs> Frickin' Skid Row or Motley Crue, like people throwing the ball, like Vince Neil or whoever, you know, whoever yeah. was at this particular party. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but he always had a DJ play in Motown. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's a real music lover. I mean, yeah, he, he definitely appreciates he, and he And when we were writing, it's like, you know, I'll jump around here, but he would, uh, I remember one day he goes, check this out. And he had the Beach Boys, the separated takes of good vibrations and mm. we just sat and listened to it for an hour or so and and here check this one out and it was brian wilson going all right give me just what was that theremin theremin yeah theremin give me just the clicking of the sticks and the theremin and bass give me mm-hmm. snare drum and guitar and like him just trying to sing it and together they spli- you know it was yeah. just unreal and then he had one time when we we're writing for the um Carnival of Soul Records. We were at the studio, and they took a break and put Sergeant Pepper up on the four yeah. you know, separate on the masters uh, on the yeah. masters, and and we just sat and listened to mm-hmm. thing. And I remember this That's long pretty conversation awesome. about yeah, it was it was on, unre- and I'm like, wow, this is trippy. I'm hanging out with Kiss. Uh, 
I mean, you know, I was demoing with him a lot. We'd go into studios. One of the funny things, he was selling these basses. Yeah, the Punisher bass. Yeah, that he would sign. And we were on a demo. We were doing demos, and I was playing his bass. And I'm left-handed, but mm-hmm. I'm playing his bass. And I can I can grab a right-handed something and be proficient at it. But I go, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. And he goes, what's that? And I go, well, you're selling basses, lots of them. And I'm doing the bass on our demo. <laughs> you should be playing bass. Yeah, you're you know? the bass player, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'll tell you this about Kiss later. I always loved Gene's voice better than Paul. Mm-hmm. I try to mimic him in my own singing. He's got like a Billy Gibbons thing about what he sure. did. Sure, uh, 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 he grow a little bit. It's yeah, cool. I like. I mean, Paul's a great singer. Uh, I think there's other singers of that era that are better at it than him um, for that kind of high singing. That I prefer more than him, but I think there's only one Gene. Mm-hmm. Like he was my favorite Kiss member, and it was just ironic to end up hanging out with yeah. him. He managed us for a year. Yeah. Because here's what I here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a record deal for you guys. We're going to we need to find you a bass player and a drummer. I'm going to manage you. I'm going to take this amount of percentage, which was high, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to show you to everybody. Every major label, I know them all, and we're going to see if we can't get a deal. Now, this was, you know, Kurt Cobain had came out, and music was changing. Mm-hmm. So they weren't, you know, he wanted a million bucks. He said, I want a million dollars for this deal. We're like, oh, you know, okay, so here's why. The record's going to be 300 You need video tour support, so that's going to go away fast. You want, You guys won't even have enough to, you know, to mess around with. So, he um, he shopped us to. Man, I, I I know David Geffen came down. I know. So uh, is this the band Tamplin we're talking we're, about now? We were called Mystery Train. Mystery Train, okay. Which is what he named us. Oh, Gene named you. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and we did sometimes two a night, four or five song showcases. Got a couple offers. Got upwards of seven hundred thousand on one offer. But not a million. He said it's not him. enough. There's no reason to do it. You guys will end up frustrated. So Ugh, after it was all done, no dude, it's like we gave it a shot. This is after months of working on it. He goes, uh, I go, hey Gene, you know, I'd really like to write with you. If you ever want to get into songwriting? And I remember the joke was, well, he goes, what do you, what do you want for that? And I go, well, give me about an hour with Shannon ought to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he thought that was funny and he goes uh that's up to her but i'll see what i can do some answer like that forget this rock star crap when you walked in that house you were at a really nice family's yeah. house you know little dog that gene loved i mean they're just you could tell people dogs don't love people if they don't have a good bone in them and, true and, right and he keeps a lot of what the good stuff he does quiet but the, he's really a good dude I always felt he played up a lot for the press. Oh, yeah. Sure. I, I, yeah. yeah. He's a big softy. So he calls me and he says, uh, you want to write? And I think it was Memorial Day. And I go, yeah, yeah, when? He goes, now, come on over. He gave me his address. I'm like, okay. And I grabbed a little amp and a guitar and headed over his house. And, and, uh, and we started writing stuff. You know, we wrote about 30 songs. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he turns them out. 
Yeah, I mean, I think around seven made records, seven or eight. I even wrote, um, I sold a song to him, Carnival of Souls, I sold to him outright. Like I, That I ended up on his asshole solo album, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was going to do some stuff on that. I think it was that one, and he didn't like the drum sound. He goes, hey, I'm gonna, this other guy's in Canada is doing a better job than you. <laughs> and I go, okay, whatever, you know. I mean, we hadn't worked. This was later on. Mm-hmm. But um, he gave me Nicholas's toy piano. I said, take this home and write me some weird clown music. Okay. Now, so if you listen to the first studio record, this is where I'm when I'm hanging around Kiss Army guys. You're gonna know this, right? Okay. So when they put the makeup back on. Oh, for Psycho Circus. Yeah. yeah. So At the beginning of the song. That's you. That's all me. No, nice. I don't think anyone knew that. They don't, and he didn't get. He bought it for a dollar. Wow. At home, but I'm and I asked, why didn't I get credit? So that's you with all the little sound effects and everything that's going. That's all. On? I did that on my four track. Because part of it even sounds nice. like a phone ringing. I don't even know. It's like yeah, that that was a. Uh, uh, some push button toy but that piano is nicholas's toy piano wow that's incredible that's amazing and i did like yeah i wrote that i just wanted credit but i sold him a song and i sold him that intro for a dollar for a dollar dollar but he didn't it's not like he gave me he gives me a lot of credit he talked me up he still talks me up it was a you know sure throw it on there and i'm like wasn't, it's not like I'm like he purposely. Right. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. No, you knew what you were doing. You yeah. don't have an axe to grind. And uh, no, yeah. I'm, I send Gene like if I do a cool video or mm-hmm. he loves blues. He always like man, you you know he was you can really play that guitar. He's always been a fan of yeah. guitar playing. So uh, if I do some cool slick blues thing, I'll send it to him. He's like man, you got the goods or you know mm-hmm. just, you know I don't well, bug cool. him too often, but I yeah. yeah I mean I just sent him something a couple weeks ago and he's like. Good job, man. Still got it. You That's know? awesome. Let's keep going. You know, and then when he comes to Nashville, he sends me tickets and passes. Nice. And go okay. say hi to him, you know. That's cool. cool. But I, I was, I just ended up starting to get really a lot of TV work and mm-hmm. advertising work, and, and I didn't have time to, you know, bang out little things. His stuff paid good when I was broke, but once I made money, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure. Because yeah. these were not hit songs. This was record sales. I mean, right? They had these singles. They it was rare. They had a single. Yeah, really. But uh, yeah, they well, they're not a singles no, band. No, Never have been. Well, look at it. And, you know. Yeah. But I remember uh, one day. Uh, now the house that's on TV yep. wasn't there. Yeah, that that's the. I've been version. to that house. Same property though, right? Right. Yeah. The uh, the other one. Uh, they knocked it down and built that, but one there was a place, a garage, and then upstairs. That's where we wrote most of the stuff. And I've never seen so many gold and platinum records. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one day, um, I got a little amp, like a, I think it was a PV Decade or something. Mm-hmm. And I hand it to Gene, and he goes, "Now Gene's just a hang. He didn't rock star out on you. It's like you're hanging out with another dude, you know." Yeah. But he's trying to get under this table at this inlet to plug it in, and there's a stack of gold records, like eight of them like that. And he's kicking them out of the way with his foot <laughs> to get to the plug. And I go, like, my reaction is this. I go, ah! Oh, I got my head in my hand. Oh, God! And this is way before my gold record. Okay? Yeah. It's like the universe just snapped into and focus. I'm like, what? He goes, what? You know, he throws his hands up like, what? 
I go, you're breaking my heart here. I go, I don't have one of those. Oh, I'm sorry, you know. He goes, they were in the way, you know. That's funny. It's like they had a Saturday Night Live thing where everybody had Emmys and they were using them to hold desks yeah. up and shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, um, but it, the one, you've probably seen it in pictures, the one with uh, 25, uh-huh. you know, that's the big circle gorgeous. Of, yeah. That's the coolest looking mm. one I've ever seen. Yeah, it's cool. One day I go, so you're the biggest merchandising band ever. Yeah. And Jane, he says, yeah, by a long shot. It's bigger than Metallica. It's not even close. Michael Jackson, nothing close. Not anything close. He goes, you know who's really big? We're just getting to the door. I go, uh, who's that, Gene? He goes, Disney. Disney. <laughs> <I> go, <laughs> you know, he, I mean. It, it's he, just shows. He, he doesn't around. compare himself to other artists. He compares it to, to corporations, corporations, you know. He, Walmart's uh, doing pretty we're good writing, compared to and, Kiss. And, the, <laughs> and these guys were coming up with pictures. Hey, I got these, pulling stuff from the warehouse. I go, what are you doing, Gene? Um, I'm putting a book, a book together. The old history, history book. book. Yeah, I have it. And uh, Gene did all that. Yeah. He hired three people. They were downstairs. We had to, or they were upstairs. We had to go downstairs. Yeah, Eric Turner from Warrant was one of the people that worked on it. Or maybe that was part two. He worked on one of them. Eric Turner. Mm-hmm. You know Eric? Yeah, from Warrant. Yeah, Eric. I Eric uh, places, I just got a thing the other day. I mean, I've I've gotten a, I work for his uh, company to do tracks. I gave him a bunch oh, really? of tracks and I've oh, got okay. stuff and pit bulls and proles and Ice Road Truckers and all this oh, Buck okay. Dynasty, like yeah, you know, okay. that's what he does. But I don't, Eric wasn't there when I was there. Oh, it was okay. three, three other people, but and he was all Gene was always signing stuff. Just you know, while we were talking, mm-hmm. he <laughs> he was really him and Paul were hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like they're just funny, witty guys, you know. But one day um, he goes. UPS guy drops something off and he goes, you got to see this. <laughs> he rips open, it's it's VHS and the old VHS, like you'd take forever. You know, even on fast forward. I go, what? It was some Kiss documentary thing. And it, you know, 40 minutes in, I'm like, wait, come on. He goes, hold, hold on. You're going you're gonna to love this. And he goes, uh, he stops and there's this girl and it's like, they're at the studio and there's this girl and it's Paul and Gene and like the engineer and the girl's like now <laughs> and they go the camera goes to Gene and goes yeah now and then she goes okay and, and then back to Paul yeah yeah go for it and then she like puts a, a beer can yep. between her tits and goes <laughs> and crushes yep. the beer can and I oh, I just remember the both of us just laughing so hard and I was like are you kidding me really but it was so funny, like his setup, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the and the Kiss nerd will come out, and the air knows what it is. It's from a tape called Kiss Confidential that came out in '92 or three. Is I that think. what it yeah. is? And that girl was labeled the Crusher. The Crusher. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it was just. And the other thing was um, his book of all the girls. They were stacked up in the corner. Oh, the Polaroid collection. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. And I would. He'd be on the phone, and I just. And every now and then I'd hit the super famous when I'm like, really? How was she? He goes, yeah, you know. Wow. All right. And, uh, so, so now the names are coming yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should do that. <laughs> off, off the air, I'll tell you. Oh, okay, cool. But one That's of them, fair. he says, uh, not, there weren't, there was th- a lot. Yeah. But he's, there's a real famous one that mm-hmm. had a, a, a TV show back in the day. B. Arthur. 
Yeah, no. yeah, way hotter than B. Arthur. But uh, he goes, eh. Here's one that's really good, though. And he, he flips all the pages and points at this girl. And she's just naked in the uh, hallway of a hotel. And I go, who's that? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> But that one made an impression on him. Yeah, she was good. This is the good one. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's no accounting for taste, is there? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think I and actually in that confidential video, they they go through a whole talk backstage where Paul's making fun of Gene and his choice in women, and uh, like you know. To some, to, to Gene, he's going. Here's a beautiful girl, and to the rest of us, we're going. There's a beast that's only missing a tail. <laughs> so, 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 but Gene was more an assembly line production rather than a than a quality over a quantity over quality. They had a uh, they had a great banter. Those two. It was, well, true. They really are like brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So they know how to rag on each other. Yeah. No, yeah. they were. And Paul was so laid back, like Gene would say. Just Paul just wants to work out and lay by the pool be a rock star and Gene said to me because you know I'm the hardest working person you know one day and I said you know what it's true I mean after I'd been hanging out with him mm-hmm. for a year or so I'm like this guy I learned a lot from him yeah, yeah. but it, what it, he had the label too you know yeah Simmons Records he'd call me and go let's go hear some bands you want to go and I go yeah he goes alright meet me out front I just walk out you know on, we lived in in West Hollywood my wife and I and he just, I'd just jump in his Range Rover, and we'd go listen to bands. And then what happened was, so we're walking through clubs, and bands are handing them CDs, and ca- some cassettes even. Yeah, yeah cassettes, cassettes are still around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of the in-between Ooh, there. high end, you know. Even if it's printed, no less. Gene would do this. He'd go, uh, here, listen to this and tell me if it's any good. In front of everybody, turn around and hand it to me. Uh, so then... Like, I was getting steak dinners. And, yeah. yeah. We're having a party. Because yeah. you're a direct line to Gene. Right. They're counting, <laughs> they're counting on you to like them. But he looked at some bands because yeah. of me. And one of my guitar students said, oh, this girl from Gene's label's coming down. She loves us, man. I mean, he's about ready to give us a deal. I go, really? What's her name? Tells me her name. And I'm, I'm at Gene's house three, four days a week. Yeah. You know, if he's in town and it's like, hey, come on over. Yeah, let's, I mean, every day sometimes. Because I'd go home, work out the tracks, bring them back. He would edit them, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth. I go, you know who? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Debbie, Tina, whatever. Yeah. No. Well, she apparently she works for you and she's about ready to give my guitar <laughs> student a record deal. No. Get her number for me. Okay. Hey, you got her number? get the number <laughs> over to jeans uh is this blah 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 yeah well this is gene simmons quit telling people that you work for me nice oh that was an awkward pause after that i'm sure i'm, I'm sorry sir I'm, it's hilarious to me yeah, yeah no I, kidding i told my student i said i'm sorry to say man yeah it's a bummer for him I go, well i'm you know she's working you so was she just trying to get to him for access to the band or something yeah you know it's it's I mean, it, people are weird about musicians that aren't musicians. Like they, they create a f- fantasy. Yeah. And Gene, Gene, I talked to because Gene's on a whole different level. Like that's really top tier, right? Of fame. Sure. And, and back guys, back in those days, especially when you could look at 
when they were actually rock stars, you know, and, and they were larger than life up on a stage, well, you they, know, it, it's easy. And and they people make you wrong. They hate you yeah. immediately, you know. If a, if a girl loves you and will throw her panties off at the drop of a hat, her guy hates you for no, it. Sure. And, uh, you know, he, he had to, he carried, he had a gun permit in L.A. Not many, very many people had that. Of course, he's a big, tall dude. Not many people messed with him and stuff. Right. He said, yeah. I mean, I remember they were out doing a show. I was over there, and a guy came at him fast, and he headbutted him and knocked him down. Then security dragged him off. But the guy... Gene oh headbutted him? Oh, yeah. Knocked wow. him out, huh? Yeah. Nice. I would hear great stories. Like, Doc McGee was over there all the time, too. Like, whenever I run, I run into Doc McGee sometimes. You know Doc McGee. Yeah, he's, yeah. Oh, yeah. We very well and, and we'd love to like, talk to him. <laughs> he, Doc was a sweet... He's just nicest guy. Everybody loved Doc. But he's like... I go, hey, Doc, you don't remember me. He said, ah, of course I do. But it's that he don't remember me, but he kind of... Knows me from somewhere. Right. Like, it's like, just just like keep talking. I'll figure it out. At Gene's house, you know. Mickey Free was always over. Yeah, I know who Mickey is. Crown yeah. of Thorns. You that was know? a great band. Yeah, yeah. love Crown of Thorns. I'm trying to think what else happened. Oh, one one thing happened when we met with Gene that was hilarious. The first time we had our drummer who we just met with, like that day, and the bass player to go with me and Ken. And we're sitting outside. This is at the old house before it was rebuilt. And. Nicholas is two. He's in a diaper, which blew me away when the show came out. He's yeah, taller just, than yeah, Gene. Got tall he he's, he's got this ho- water hose. We're outside just talking. And this drummer has been primping himself like he's a KISS army, you know, he's a KISS geek. Mm-hmm. Ken and I had already been hanging out with Gene. We've already joked around with him. Yeah. He's already treating us like one of the guys we, we hang with Gene. So we're not nervous around him anymore. Now this guy's coming in like a super fan. No matter what you say. I want all your publishing. Your car keys. You know. Okay, whatever you want. You know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So his hair, but he's got the blow-dried hair. It's really big. And he, and he good-looking dude in shape, you know, big drunk. But he's like, he's really primped up. He's just he's hanging on every word Gene's saying. But Nicholas is behind there. I'm by Ken sitting right next to me on my left. And I'm I'm hitting, hitting Ken yeah. with my foot. I look a little. Nicholas, man, look at him, and he's 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 got this water hose, and there's there's no governor on this hose. It's like you know how they'll check mm-hmm. the pressure. I mean, this thing, it's it's eleven feet the water, oh, no. <laughs> and he's just back there like that. And th- so the drummer's right here, and all in one swoop, man, the Nicholas just turns and just soaks so this drummer. Gene laughs so hard, he was horrified. Gene was laughing, me and Ken were laughing. He just nailed this guy, you know. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and Gene's like, I didn't mean to laugh, but it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> One day, this really cracked me up. When I was at, this is after I just I don't forget we were talking about some publishing or something. I went to his house. This is after they rebuilt the house. Okay, which out of any house I'd been in, and mm-hmm. I had a friend that was leasing these fifteen thousand square feet, man, you know, mansions all the time. But this house blew it away. Like Gene's house. When you're there, mm-hmm. the fixtures, the marble, the yeah. it was so nice, man. The driveway. Yeah. We're in his office, which you saw on the show. Yeah, the Kiss Museum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. I'm like, dude, you can't. he goes, nice. This is amazing. Wow. And he has this magazine, one of his magazines, and mm-hmm. in it is him and Shaq. Yeah, I think I And the Lakers that. are just rolling over everybody. They yeah. are killing it this, you know. Shaq and Kobe and, mm-hmm. and I go and I was a 
really big on, on the lake. I go, oh, you're hanging out with Shaq. And he goes, no, Shaq's hanging out with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much Shaq. Yeah, you can go either way on That's that one. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Too funny. And now, Deep Thoughts with Gene Simmons. Sometimes I wonder why in the hell that itsy-bitsy spider kept trying to climb up that damn water spout. Stupid-ass spiders. That's why they don't have space flight, or tacos, or gymnasiums, or huge books named Monster. Want to be a member of the Decibel Geek Army? You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25! Join us on our fan page at facebook.com slash decibelgeek. Before we get back into our conversation with Scott Van Zen, this has been so awesome so far, but we're just scratching the surface here. I got to let you know more cool stuff happening right now over at HK Collectibles this week, including Rainbow Straight Between the Eyes on LP. That's tough to find. And also a 1980 Blue Oyster Cult Apex tape print ad. Wow. That's Man, cool. Cassette tapes. Nice. And the ever-important Jimi Hendrix light switch plate cover. Yes, there's more available. You have to have it. You have to have it. you got to turn on the light of rock and roll when you walk into the room. You get a purple nightlight to go with it. Exactly. It's beautiful. You can have it. You can own it. You can put one in every room of your house. How great would that be? Jimmy will watch you no matter what room you're in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy, for watching over me. Yes. Head on over right now to decibelgeek.com. Click on that HK Collectibles Inc. banner at the top of the page and do your shopping. You know, we talk about the rock and roll stuff he's got, but he's got a little bit of everything when it comes to collectibles. Go on, peruse his store on Amazon, and you never know what you're going to find. It's just amazing stuff. And because we know it's the current age we're in, everybody's doing their shopping on Amazon. It's great for us to point out HK Collectibles, Inc., but it's also great for us to point out the fact that we've got our own personal Amazon link that you can use to do your shopping. And when you do it, you're going to help us out. All you do is go to decibelgeek.com, click on our Amazon banner, takes you to Amazon, do all your shopping that you want to do, buy all those rock and roll albums, all those computer monitors, and then what you do is you pay for your items, you don't pay a penny more, Amazon takes a cut of their money, send it over to us for us, kind of a finder's fee. It's it's pretty cool, we like mm-hmm. it, and it helps us a lot. And also, we get the list. Yeah, we get a list of what you guys buy, and uh, over the last seven days, guess what? Let me guess, monitors? Two more Planar monitors, a 24-inch and a 27-inch. Awesome, thank you guys. Pink, the Funhouse Tour, live in Australia, Blu-ray was purchased. That was her metal years, right? Yes. A uh, Sony clip-style omnidirectional stereo microphone. That sounds okay, cool. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, in books, Rush, album by album by Martin Popoff, the hardcover was bought. I just happen to have a copy of that sitting right next to me, and let me tell you, yeah. it's 
freaking awesome. If you are a fan of Rush, yep. you got to have this book. You got to have it. You got to check it out. You got to read it. You're gonna love yeah, it. And anything by Martin Popoff is good. I so mean, many good pictures yep. and illustrations in there. All color stuff. I mean, yep. Kiss stories. It's pretty cool. And I think we'll be doing a uh, heavier side of Rush episode pretty soon. Good. I'm we, ready for that anytime. We might have to give that book away. That might be a good idea. Okay. Let's well, do it. As soon as I'm done with it. Okay. Uh, also bought No Filter Stories Better Left Untold Part 1 by Jeff Worley. He's the uh, guitar player for Jackal. Oh, wow. Which I didn't even know he put a book out. Interesting. So if you want Jackal uh, behind the scenes stories, that, I may do. Be, that may be where you go. I like that. Wow. Interesting. And in music, Rhino Bucket's new album, The Last Real Rock and Roll, was purchased. Sweet. Steeler, Steeler was bought. Nice vintage right there. Yeah. LA Guns Cocked and Loaded. That's a must have. Gotta have it. Pantera, a couple albums, Cowboys from Hell, an official live 101 proof. Man, somebody is stacking up their uh, collection here with some really must-have CDs. There's a, uh, I gotta give Ian and Ralph from Rock and Metal Combat some props. Their new episode covering Cowboys from Hell is really good. Nice. Really enjoyed it. And uh, let's see, also Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, the original recordings remastered was bought. Oh, sweet. Somebody stocked up on Striper. They bought Soldiers Under Command and God We Trust in the Yellow and Black Attack. Can't go wrong with any of that. Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith. Awesome yeah. record. Uh, House of Pain. House of Pain was well. You remember House of Pain? Get out your seat and jump around. Oh, that's right. Jump around. Uh, somebody bought a couple of Cars albums, Go Away and Double Trouble. Okay, Get cool. your new wave on. Uh, Sweet, Off the Record and Cut Above the Rest. I love nice. both of those records. Yep. Uh, Cheap Trick All Shook Up was bought. That's a good album. Motley Crue self-titled. Can't go wrong Gotta there. Gotta have it. And wrapping up today, uh, Volbeat Guitar Gangsters and Cadillac Blood was purchased. Very cool. Awesome stuff right there. Thank you, everybody that's done their shopping through our Amazon link. It, You know, like you said, you know, when you're buying something and Amazon's taking a small piece of it and kicking it over to us, it's not a lot what they give us. But all these purchases add up, and the bigger purchases you make, the more it, it helps. So, yep. you know, you guys are doing great. We really appreciate it. That, the iTunes reviews, the, the Facebook interaction, mm -hmm. the uh, YouTube video watching, the, mm -hmm. the supporting of our, our rock and roll journalists. I mean, kudos to you guys. You're our awesome listeners. We love you very much. We thank you for it. Yeah. One more plug for the Rock and Pod Expo before yep. we get back to this. Yeah, August 26th. Saturday, um, pre-party Friday night, the night before, three awesome bands, Denman, The Tip, and uh, Desolation Angels, which yeah, Scott guys, is a member of. And you guys are familiar with The Tip and Denman, for sure. Yeah, we've played them both on the show. Denman's been a guest on the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of big guests that have been confirmed. Uh, Eric Brittingham from Skid Row, or not from Skid Row, Eric Brittingham from Cinderella, My, uh, Michael Wagner, Toby Wright, uh, Sandy Gennaro, uh, uh, people I'm Greg Renoff, who wrote Van Halen Rising, right, the yeah. author, is going to be here. Saw some people were pretty excited about him. Yep. So it's a uh, and more to, more and more and more to be added, and one really big surprise if it works out. But we'll right, we nice. won't share that just yet. No, we don't want to jinx it because if it happens, it's it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be. It'll be twice in a lifetime. Yeah, totally. I'll tell you that. Yeah, totally unique. But uh, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. But uh, we got way more stories to get get to with Scott. Let's talk a little bit about the songs that you wrote with Gene. Well, the first one I wrote, which was to, still to me the biggest song, was Spit. And mm -hmm. that was on Revenge. It's a great song. And, uh, <laughs> and I thank you. And I, uh, Bruce Kulick did a little bit of that. I did majority of the music. 
Bruce did some lyrics and Gene did some lyrics. Were all three of you together writing no, that? No, me and Gene. I would sit with a guitar with Gene, and he would like, but that, that, but that, that. He had really good timing and good ideas with grooves. And I go, oh, that's cool. And I'd I probably had a handheld thing or something. And I'd go and I had a four track, and I would program with an SR16 drum machine, mm-hmm. and I had my bass, two guitars into my four track and then I'd make a cassette master and bring it back to Gene and Gene would edit parts he had a dual tape deck he was a, just a ninja at this too he'd play something and he'd record with you know how you could record one cassette to the other mm-hmm. and he'd undo the pause right at the right time so if he needed something to be four be, four bars instead of eight bars he mm-hmm. would edit it you know right. that kind of thing and then he I think he would sing like some stuff on like rhythms. To the, he had another tape deck there or something just to get the ideas. Like it was by the time it was done, it was like all the hissing. Right. Yeah. But that's how we did it. And um, then he said, "But I remember this about you've heard spit. Oh yeah, yeah. What's spit about? It's about uh, having a good time with a chick. I mean, yeah, yeah, big girls. Big girls. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. A, it's kind of spinal so goes, tapish in nature, like kind of like big bottom. Yeah. yeah. I write this. He says, "Write, give me some lyric ideas." Like I, I go, I'm more into riffs, you know, and stuff. And I go, I write this, kind of a comedy, mm-hmm. you know, getting laid, getting a piece of ass song. He goes, "Listen, this is a serious record." He tells me, he just scolds me. This is a serious rock record. Like, All right. So I write it about alcoholism I write about suicide I write no no I'm like fucking oh man the riff took me like an hour uh-huh. like I'm like I'm going Gank. I mean I do that's how the kind of stuff I use to work out you know mm-hmm. nothing and then him and Paul I think maybe Paul got on that too or it was just him but they come back around they end up writing what they were and I, and I remember going are you kidding me you put me through that whole gamut. And you end up doing what I did originally. <laughs> the bigger the, the cushion, the, the, the sweeter better. the cushion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you're telling me all about this. Is that, you know. This is a serious album. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what he's very serious song. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, it ended up being. But I remember it was an incredible experience. Bob Ezrin was the yeah. producer. Bob did many things but he did one of my favorite records the wall yeah, yeah. dark side of the moon i love but i love the wall yeah. the wall had a i was going through a breakup with a girl when that was out mm-hmm. it was a big record for me i yeah. just listened to it over and over and it just still, still sonically wow oh it's amazing yeah. so i'm like bob and he would say nice things about my guitar playing like mm-hmm. wow you're so good you know i'm like what, what can you okay for yeah me? no kidding coming wall. from you yeah. <laughs> yeah and i'm like so comfortably numb like Give me the what was the tone? I mean, like what? He's like, ah, oh, you're not gonna leave me alone. I remember him saying, <laughs> I go. He goes, all right, come here. <clears throat> and he would show me. He'd show me where the mics were. He'd show me, you know, how to. And I, I run everything direct now, but I use mm-hmm. some of his tricks. And it's just talented. But one of the cool things. So I, I hung out as much as I could when they did that record. Okay, so you were hanging around the studio when Revenge was being. I asked Gene to put me in Kiss to, then too. Did you? Oh yeah, I said. I go, Gene. And we were hanging out. You've been hanging out a few months. I go, come on, put me in Kiss. Let me be in Kiss. Mm-hmm. He goes, no. And I go, why not? Mm-hmm. He goes, because you're not going to do what I need you to do. You won't do what you're told. You won't play the solos from the songs the way they're on the record. Mm-hmm. Do You'll show off and be like, yeah. I just need you. I go, yeah, you're right. Wow. 
So speaking of guitar players like that, did you have any run-ins with Vinnie Vincent while you were in the he, studio? He helped write for that album too. I I never saw I never saw Vinnie. No, mm-hmm. I did all the writing. All the writing I did, I did at Gene's house. Yeah, and then I would see Paul, and I'd mm-hmm. see the I'd hang out with the guys. I mean, they were great. I mean, Bruce was a sweetheart, and he loved the riffs I'd come up with because they were fun to see. He loved Hate. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> a great know? song, and uh, it's my favorite riff. Yeah, all of them, and uh, and Eric loved them. Yeah, Eric was uh, hilarious and fun to hang out with. Um, Did Vinny ever come up in conversation at the time that you can remember? No, I just it's just an interest. It's a gray area me, for me, Kiss Here's fans. the thing: it's like this is the thing about Gene. What you see is what you get. Yeah. He's not going to tell you something mm-hmm. and then go say something else. Right. He has a tremendous amount of integrity. Mm-hmm. Most, like a lot of people are full of shit. Oh, you're the great. No, no, no. Like, he'll just go, you don't have it. If that's his, you, no. he may be wrong or right, but he go, you don't, you don't have what it takes or that's not going to work. Yeah. And here's why. He, he doesn't wait for somebody. He doesn't have somebody else. Yeah. Remember he's talking about lawyers once and he goes I just have him come in and wipe that's what he's <laughs> <God. laughs> I go that's awesome I'll never forget that here I am 20 years later telling two Kiss fans what he said yeah. I thought that was hilarious that is funny and I just hit him up recently for his bike rally mm-hmm. yeah because I, I and I was playing with Brian Howe uh, I asked him hey can, you know I'm playing, playing with he goes now we're all booked up Mm. but keep let me know about other projects you never know what's right happening and which is ironic because i'm playing with greg mangus now who yeah is in a band with the guys from jeans yeah Mm -hmm. and greg's like he goes you know these are the guys from jeans band i go gene simmons band yeah he goes and this i just meeting greg you know we're like brothers from another mother now we yeah. need a gig or just starting the new band yeah desolation angels yeah that's awesome. really cool and and well well just while we're on the subject you guys are playing the pre-party for our nashville rock and pot expo that's right. coming up in august yeah, yeah the pre-party everybody's super, looking forward to that no, for it was great man it's like but so greg we're at his he's doing acdc and killing it yeah, yeah he does and i'm like I'm like he and he goes, yeah, these guys are Gene. I go, Gene Simmons. I go, you know, I used to write with Gene Simmons. He goes, what? Oh yeah, hang on, yeah, I wrote thirty songs with Gene. I probably got seven, six, seven, eight songs on Kiss records. What? Hey, you can go, hey, you guys, come here. You know, they're like, oh, shit, yeah. And I go, yeah, man, I've known Gene for years. I'm uh, sure they blew your ear up after they found oh, out that it was you. We haven't really been able to hit because oh. they had to play. But I, yeah. I'm looking for. They me. will. I yeah. mean, they're as big a nerds as we are. So they are. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna bend your ear for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good no, guys I mean, too. I mean, we're just kind of scratching the surface, uh, you know, with Gene stuff here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little careful because it's like I don't. <laughs> Well, well, sure. I, I, don't, I don't want you to get anybody put in jail, but I mean, but we love to hear great stories. But no, too. but but about the songs. I mean, well, how did hate come about? Well, I didn't name any of the songs. Okay, Gene would say sometimes he we, he would get an inspiration, and I learned something from the Motown. Like one of the things, like you know, shout it out loud. That's a Motown thing. So. I started putting that in the songs I wrote. Other than that, later, I'm like, that's a good idea, man. It worked on Motown. Right. <clears throat> but um, he would, he'd go, spit like Spit, he goes, I want to write a song called Spit. Mm-hmm. And I think he had the hook. It don't mean spit to me. Right. 
I go, that's pretty cool. He goes, go write me a riff. And I was like, and I wrote, he liked my guitar playing. Mm -hmm. Like he was just always into that. So he says, just give me some ideas. And I'd go, I'd come back. He goes, give me incremental stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I I just, he goes, oh, I like this. Let's let's put this with this. No, no, no. He was good at editing and getting them together how he wanted them. Yeah. Um, you know, hate. He just goes, let's write a song called hate. I think we wrote, we got one called, I think maybe I wrote, I don't remember all the ones I wrote on that record, but I got, I I think three. Because I think hate was originally called termites in my head. I don't know. Right. <laughs> no, that was. Hey, I was just hanging out with that? Gene, man. That was in my know, head. In my head, that's right. I, yeah. I don't know if I did. I write in my head. You did. Okay. Well, you wrote part, of, and then a, <laughs> Jamie St. James from Black and Blue wrote part of it too. I, he was not there when I was. Well, no, Gene so brought him back in to finish the the lyrics. He didn't like the lyrics he had written for it, but I think you wrote riffs on it. <clears throat> Only riffs. I, after that, after the gambit he put me, I could write a hundred riffs in the time that I I messed around with spit uh, before it turned into being what it was right about. Well, one that my favorite song on Carnival of Souls is uh, "Seduction of the Innocent." Yeah, and that's, that's a I good song. You, yeah, you're yeah. credited on that one, and I especially, and I know because for what Gene says is the uh, the verse. The main riff and that goes through the verses is kind of that Middle Eastern set that, and he says he came up with that was like an idea he said that he had when he was like a little kid in Israel, and it was, and this is me really being a nerd, um, it was he said it was like one of the first songs he ever wrote, and it was called something like My Girlfriend Gave Me Ice Cream or something, but that melody line was was in his head since childhood. He would get stuck on uh, like if uh, Carnival of Souls Mm -hmm. that was something he was humming yeah like, and it was probably i don't really rem- i don't remember but i do i remember he would hum things and it's like let's find this yeah and he would actually you know that's probably what happened on that yeah and but but it goes to such a it's such a cool transition into the chorus riff i gotta go listen to it It almost goes from minor into major i'll tell you the two the two kiss records i bought mm-hmm. ever is revenge and carnival of souls <laughs> yeah and it was funny. I was just at this with Brian in in uh, Chicago. This um, had all these bands, Great White, mm-hmm. and all this. We were headlining, and uh, this guy goes, "Hey, I got a couple of uh, albums. Can you come by?" And you know, there there were vendors, right? Can you or CDs? Can you come and and uh, sign a few CDs? And he had over twenty albums I'd done. Like I didn't even. Realize oh wow! That. Like he's like he had all these like all the Tamplin records he has you know things I did one solo on him like I things I forgot wow. about him. dude's like, like a super fan and things wow, that I written nice. on him like and he just handed me sharpies like if it was dark he'd hand me a silver one I'm like boy I can see how this guy's making a living he's like this one's signed you know it's yeah. oh, the eBay guy <laughs> yeah yeah but he had to have been a fan to know all to have all a that lot. stuff and they hunted they kind of stalked us him and his partner stalked us later and we were at the hotel and mm-hmm. hung around us and and uh you know wanting to get more information out of us and that kind of thing yeah so. <laughs> well, uh, we had, uh, and for Carnival of Souls, we actually had Toby Wright on the show, he, who also lives here, the producer of the album. 
and we did a whole two part special on the making of the album with him. Oh no kidding! Yeah, yeah. and uh, and yeah. Do you remember him? I, I remember. I liked the producer. Yeah, he and he remembered liking you too. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like Van Zen. I remember, I remember like, that I guy. I like this guy they're working with uh, a lot, and uh, he liked my songs. Yep. Remember that? He's real complimentary. Just a great guy. Just yeah. I, you know, I mean, you remember when people are really nice mm-hmm. or they're a fucking prick. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember he was really nice, you yeah. know, yeah. and uh, I loved hanging out with him. Cool. I, I wouldn't be able to pull him, pick him out of a crowd. But if, but if you told me, yeah. hey, this is the guy, oh, man, you were a great guy. I mean. Well, yeah. you'll see him in August because he's going to be at the expo oh, cool. also. Yeah. No, yeah. And, and uh, I know uh, Gene really liked him, you know. Yeah. And uh, what was everybody the, liked? It. So you hung around the studio when they were making that yeah, one too, right? Yeah, I went around there. What was the vibe like in the studio for that album? Because it was a, it's a very different album for Kiss. I, I remember it being more low key. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like as money oriented as the mm-hmm. other ones. Right, seemed to be more nuts and bolts. Yeah. Like Work. Revenge was in a really high end studio. Yeah. This was at a nice room, but it wasn't as nice. Yeah. And when they did, what was the studio album? You know, the first one. Before Revenge? After. After Psycho Paint. Circus? Psycho, Psycho Circus, yeah. Like that, I, I actually brought the four track down, and I think Bruce Fairbairn. Yeah, he produced, produced that. that. And set my, you know, there's a 20, 122 input yeah. Neve or something, and they're four quarter inch out into that oh wow he, they took the tracks off of my four track and i took it home that's, that's when they got all the bells and whistles <laughs> wow. yeah it's a much different experience it always um, struck me as carnival of souls was more creativity driven than it was monetarily driven because i mean kiss is always you know driven by money driven by sales and all that but i think as far as carnival of souls goes I think at the time they probably realized they weren't going to have a huge selling album, so why not stretch our you know musical muscle a little bit? And, yeah, and see what else we can do. Yeah, I mean, um, the guys in the band loved the songs. Bruce loved playing the mm-hmm. guitar riffs. Of course, I had I think three songs yeah. on that record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just asked you guys. Hey, yeah, you had, you had <laughs> three. For lunch that day. Well, you had a turkey club sandwich. Mm-hmm. For- Dang it, Scott. You're, you're supposed to do your homework before you came on the show about yourself. It's not good I'm educating you. <laughs> Why? You, you know do you, everything. Uh, do, you have, do you have any other questions you'd like to ask us about yourself? <laughs> no, you, you brought you brought the, the revelation about the intro to Psycho Circus. Yeah, that, that's no, big. that's awesome. Yeah, that's big news. I don't, I don't even think I ever got my dollar. Wow. <laughs> we need to remedy that. Gene owes you a dollar. Yeah, no. Gene earned more than a dollar. Tell you one thing, he did one day. Uh, I had a label that wanted to sign me. I had a I had a band. I was cruising around as a kind of a three piece, a Stevie Ray Vaughan, Hendrixy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, this label wanted to sign me, an independent label. And I didn't have a lawyer. I didn't really have money for a lawyer, and I didn't want to give money to a lawyer. Right. I was hanging out with Gene. I said, "Hey, Gene." I got this label wants to sign me. They, they put this 30-page monstrosity of thereofs and here those and bullshit. What do I do? And uh, he said, bring it over. Bring it over. Bring a Sharpie. Bring two copies over and bring a, sh- a Sharpie. And uh, I'm like, okay. So I go to Gene's house, and he went through it with me, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he blacked out all the stuff he didn't like? He said... He's like, 
he just, I mean, the guy, I don't know if he's a speed reader or something, didn't even take that long, but he's like, you can tell them you, this is fine, they can have all of it. No way, not a stitch of this. You'll split this with them. You know, <laughs> right on. Oh, yeah. I'm just making notes. Yeah. yeah. So then I go, leather jacket, hair. I sit down with the, the lawyer of this label. Well, I'll go half of this. You can only, the lawyer looks at me half, about halfway through. You know, he's like, Jesus, where'd you learn how to negotiate? Like, <laughs> the master. Yeah, I'm like, I hang out you know, with like, I'm like, Simmons. I'm like schooling this lawyer. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm just doing exactly what he wrote down. And he goes, cool. I go, how many guys I do Gene. that? I go, Gene. He goes, oh, God, that makes sense. Goes, yeah. <laughs> like, where'd this guy go to law school, it's man? Great. Like, He's friends with Gene. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he knows a lot more about negotiating. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, that is a trip. The, the label folded before the deal even got, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, that wow. Was a trip. But it was, it was, oh. it was great. It was a it was a good experience, you know. I bet. Yeah. How often does a lawyer like that get a young musician sitting in front of him to <laughs> take him to school? It's just like, yes, sir. Where do I sign? Well, I mean, right I was, here, you know? he probably figured I was looking at it, but I had all the notes. Yeah, yeah. You know, Obviously, I had met with somebody that knew what they were mm. doing. Yeah, and he wasn't knew their it. first rodeo. Right, wasn't even their hundred first no. rodeo. Right. Yeah, um, Gene's seen a few contracts, making deals multiple times every day. He. uh you know, we'd listen to Van Halen demos up there because they worked with Eddie. That was mm-hmm. a big deal. So he'd give me trivia on Eddie and stuff like that. He's a real guitar fan. Yeah. Um, he uh, does a lot of charity. I won't go into details. And he does it the right way, in my opinion. He doesn't. He doesn't stand out there with a huge check and go, "Look, I just wrote a check." Right. Yeah. He gave a lot of money away. Mm-hmm. And he'll show up for anybody in the military anywhere. Yeah, he's a big supporter of the troops. He's he's a very, very patriotic. He's yes. very, in the midst of all of his attitude, has some of the most humility of anybody I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Just, he's so grateful. Yeah. You know, which I always like that. And I'll tell you another thing that it would happen, because he's been with Shannon a long time. Yeah. And he'd see me anytime he'd see me through a five minute see each other for five or six years. He says, You still with that girl? I go, Yeah, yeah, we're still together. We got a daughter. And he Oh, good for you, man. She's a good girl. Like he'd like the fact that I was with the same girl all these years because he was mm-hmm. with Shannon, you know. Nice. That's good. And I don't know how much messing around he did or does do or if he did if he did, to be honest with you, because they seem pretty tight around the house. Yeah. You know they they are, they were a fa- they're a family man. Oh yeah, two great kids. Uh, uh, so- Sophie, Sophie yeah. She was later on. I mean, she's running around in diapers and a little dog, and <laughs> you know, and I mean, yeah. I mean, they're just a nice bunch of people. You yeah. Know? Well, um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, before we go, want to plug your guitar school because that's yeah. that's, yeah, the, that's yeah, your big priority right now. Actually, getting some good legs, man. I'm in, it's selling, and I'm getting like a lot of. Well, I taught a lot in L.A., mm-hmm. and I teach people. I have a knack for teaching people what I do mm-hmm. and um, and how to explain it. I put it, the techniques I teach in my program are what I do. It's com. my name, guitarschool.com. And uh, there's three programs up there right now that you can get, one for rhythm and two for leads. 
you know, I mean, that's about it. I'd say just go, if you're a guitar player, check it out and email mm. me if you got questions. And, you know, I love teaching. I love watching the light go on with people. I dug it when I was doing it. I've taught hundreds and hundreds of guys, and the Internet's allowing me to keep doing it. You know, right. I'm, I'm on Facebook, and you can see my videos, and I'm just building it, you know. It's, it's right on. looks like it's going to be a monster. I started about a year and a half ago. We I actually I I remember when you started. Right when I yep. changed the name of it because I... You know, and I redid the website, and now, like, for the last few months, it's just every, it's just building and building and building. And I, you can tell when you're building when you start getting the haters. Yeah. yeah. Like, when everybody's just, hey, it's like your mom going, you're good, because you're only in the garage. But yeah. when, when, you know, like, some of my videos now, um, you know, I throw them out there and, and 40, 50, 60,000 views. Wow. You know, but, but 10,000 without <clears throat> trying. Now, and I remember getting used to 500. I'd be like, oh, well. Right. right. Yeah, well, we know you know, the feeling. Like, we go through the same I, thing yeah. with our show. Yeah, yeah. Sure you know, do. I go to I go to bed now, and, and the next day it's 5,000, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm like, wow, this thing, you know, not all of them, but. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, but, you know, you get the haters. Yeah. Well, especially on YouTube. Jeez. Yeah, I've always told people, if you guy, want to lose all faith in humanity, just read well, YouTube comments. it's not YouTube, it's Facebook. Oh, okay. YouTube's, I just got a few hundred followers on that, but it's it's filling up. Between my Facebook page and my guitar page, it's like 9,500, and it grows every day mm-hmm. um, with that, you know. But then I look at Ken Tamplin, and he's got a quarter million on okay. YouTube and a thousand on Facebook. But a guy says to me the other day, I did some shredder thing, you know, and he said, because um, I'll, I'll break it up, because mm-hmm. I play a lot of styles. I'll play something real sultry and smooth or bluesy, and then I'll play some just... You know, exercise and go. Yes, you know, don't mess with the old man. I got, mm-hmm. got you for this for you too. But a guy says it. This old codger, you know, he says, I usually don't like this kind of shit, but you're really good at it. That was his. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, okay, that goes to the top of the list. Yeah. I wrote LOL WTF question mark. Like I'm. Was that a comp? Yeah, you're like. Thanks. I think I'll take it. <laughs> um, but I, I truly love guitar and mm-hmm. i i want to help as many guitar i love the feedback i love t- i love when people get it they go oh what you did and at one minute and 28 like mm-hmm. there's guys that actually like you dissect oh, kids, yeah. like guys that dissect <laughs> the guitar and they're they keep me honest man i mean the internet is like my new home and yeah. i can do it i you know i film it myself i get an idea saturday night i just was pulling jams off the internet mm-hmm. and just you know running the stuff um jamming to it and then i'd put them up you know off of youtube and then i'd film them and put them up and just what do you what do you think it's it's just, it's fun man i love it that's right great. on it's cool learn something interactive i like it yeah you know help some people something where i can contribute something and there's no competition i'm not taking anything from here you can you can watch my video or you can just scroll up i mean it's not hurting mm-hmm. anybody you know right, Take, right. maybe i'm taking some space from some cloud somewhere but who ain't doing that right. <laughs> we can watch you instead of a cat video for five minutes. right it's just for fine. sure cat videos get millions oh of they do yeah, yeah right you know i've just been playing guitar for over 40 years i've heard enough keyboard cat i'm fine with the guitar yeah. school mm. yeah um, yeah but i mean it's scott van zinn guitar and there's videos that give explanation and 
Right on. And of course, like we mentioned earlier, coming up on August 26th, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, we're doing the Rock and Pod Expo. Scott's going to be there with the Desolation Angels the night before at the pre-party, so we hope as many people as possible can come join us for that. Still got some perks available out there, so you guys check into that. And man, Scott, this has been a lot of fun. I can't wait till you come yeah, back with I, your I, wife. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah. I'll tell her. She's going to be like, no, and I'll go, you got to do it. You got to do it. Sunset Strip now. stories. Yeah. We want to hear them. Yeah, yeah, we're easy to talk to. Gonna, yeah. So tell her, go tell her you had fun, and then yeah, she'll, she'll come do back. It. I'll, I'll come awesome. with her. I'll tell some more. Well, Gene right stories. on. <laughs> and uh, well, we got to do a playout song. So of the songs you wrote with Gene, which one do you want to play the show out with? Man, I'll tell you what, I would play Hate. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's yeah, do I it. Love that riff. Awesome. Yeah. See you next week. Hey!